Welcome everyone to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. Plus, cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. Oh, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Sean McCormick. You can find me at Real Sean McCormick on Instagram. And you can find my coaching stuff and podcast episodes, my blog, everything on seanmccormick.com. It's S E A N McCormick.com. On today's episode, we're joined by TC Hale. Now, TC is the host of the Kick It Naturally podcast. And he is a really cool story because he is a classic. N of one, I had this problem, it ruined my life, and I figured out how to fix it. And I think a lot of us who listen to this content, listen to biohacking podcasts and performance podcasts like this are a lot like him, a lot like Tony. You know, he's looking, he was looking for a solution. In his case, he lost his voice in 2004, went and saw 23 doctors, and eventually no one was able to help him. And eight years later, uh, not only did he figure out his own issues, but he also um, found a bunch of really important information about digestion, about nutrition, and his background as a uh, personal trainer led him to be sort of this underground coach consultant for people who are looking to lose weight to improve their digestion. And so in this episode, we cover a, quite a lot of ground. You know, this is the type of episode, he, he's a super funny guy. I think you're going to enjoy our conversation, but we talk about a whole bunch of cool stuff. Uh, we talk about uh, the problem with dropping all of the, all of your carbs ab- abruptly. We talk about uh, clarifying how digestion is supposed to work. We talk about the connection between minerals and digestion. And uh, we talk about how he works one-on-one with people. What is the what are some of the core issues that he works with, and some of the most common reasons that people go to work with him and uh, and learn what he has to share that he found out on his own include sleep issues, gut health issues, menstrual cramps, just debilitating for the females, and uh, insomnia in addition to weight loss. Really fascinating guy, a lot of fun, and uh, has become you know a, an expert working one-on-one with people. I think you're going to get a lot out of this episode, and hopefully it inspires you to really take even more control over your health, over your wellness, your digestion. There's so many great products. I've got a lot of really cool episodes kind of dedicated toward gut health and gut digestion coming up, and so this will build over time. You know, especially for me, I think a lot of people have are experiencing leaky gut. You know, if you're a go-getter type of person and you kind of carry a lot of stress and you you manage it as best you can, there's a very strong likelihood that you have leaky gut and you just don't haven't realized it yet. So in this episode, we cover a lot of cool stuff. You know, how does he figure out how where people are at in order to help them through blood pressure, um, figuring out their blood pressure, their fasting blood sugar. Uh, we also talk about the myth of alkalinity as a marker for health. So you can find uh, his his content at kickitnaturally.com forward slash book. He's got a free ebook for you. And I hope that you really enjoy this episode. I think there's a lot of people that kind of feel like Tony does. There's just there's probably one or two things that you don't want to go get a medication from for, but instead you want to take your health in your own hands. And uh, this conversation is is really centered around empowering your own personal health. I also appeared on his podcast uh, on episode 368. So if you want to hear some of my opinions on wellness and float centers and float tanks and, and biohacking, go ahead and listen to that episode. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, T.C. Hale. And we're here with T.C. Hale, who is the host of Kick It Naturally podcast and also the author of Kick Your Fat in the Nuts, among other uh Really funny and really interesting titles. TC, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Sean, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I I, I can't wait to hear what I have to say. <laughs> oh, that makes two of us at least. So it's a uh-huh. good start. All right, good, good, good stuff. We'll dive right in then. Well, I, I like to start with my f- the first question that I ask just about every one of my guests, especially people Uh-oh. who are experts in nutrition. I always I always hate these ones. Yeah. <laughs> what time is it where you are? And what have you put in your body today? Ah, okay. Well, it's 1.30, and I've had uh, a pair of uh, vegan Pop-Tarts and uh, a Kit-Kat bar made out of Beyond Meat. 
No, that's not at all what I had. I, I just like I like to make fun of people when they're on a specific diet. They just feel like they can eat whatever they want as long as it falls within that diet. Well, it says vegan on the package, so right. that means it must be healthy, right? No. Okay, so I'll tell you what I'm, I had, but I, I always hate doing this because my entire stance is that there is no diet that's right for every person. We all process foods differently, so I hate people... Uh, oh, he's a nutrition author. Whatever he ate must be what I, I should eat. But that's never the case. So in any case, I had uh, some chicken thighs. I had green beans cooked in uh, butter. And I had some leftover beef stew. It was delicious. Uh, coffee, supplements, vitamins, anything? Didn't do that. I did do some supplements. I, I like to use some uh, some digestive uh, aiding supplements. I, I like to boost my digestion as much as I can. And I have a whole food form of vitamin C that I use because a lot of the vitamin C's on the on the market are garbage, and you really need something that's not just ascorbic acid. We're like hmm. the only mammals that don't make their own vitamin C, so we get kind of ripped off like that. So I always try to take a, a little bit of whole a whole form of uh, the whole molecule of vitamin C each day. What does that What does that mean? I mean, um, so basically, yeah. uh, ascorbic acid is vitamin C. If you go to to Vons or you know some drugstore and you buy vitamin C, you're like, hey, I'm sick, I need vitamin C. It's almost always ascorbic acid, which is just a fraction of the entire C molecule. So you get a little ripped off because you put that in your body, and your body says, hey, that's part of vitamin C. But I can't use that unless I pull all of these other cofactors that go with it from my body reserves and combine it with that, and then it will act like vitamin C in my body. Hmm. So after a couple of weeks, most people run out of those reserves, and then they're not really getting the vitamin C that they need. So interesting. Yeah, we get a little ripped off when we use like a fractionated synthetic supplement like that for some of the supplements, not all. That's I've, that's news to me. You know, I know that I know that ascorbic acid is usually created from you know like fermented corn and you can get it you know um no gmo organic um sure. but so then how do they actually um how, what's a more complete version of vitamin c that's that goes above and beyond ascorbic acid well like uh, like camu camu powder would be one uh, acerola cherry powder would be one but sometimes those will also have like sugars and carbs in them stuff so i try not to use that i use one it's called bio c it's from empirical labs it's it's usually only available to, you know, health professionals in, in most scenarios. Um, but uh, there's other things out there. There's a, a whole C by that, uh, I can't remember, uh, something gardens. S uh, something gardens. They make a lot of probiotic uh, soil things. They have one out there too. Um, so you just have to find one that's a, it's a C source that's really made from food. So I, I'm not saying that ascorbic acid is evil. There, there are specific things that we use ascorbic acid with our clients for, but it's not to lift the level of vitamin C in the body. Interesting. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Now, and, you know, there's food sources that have vitamin C. It's just not it's not in the food like it used to be, you know, yeah. 60 years ago. And just the nutrients aren't there. Yeah. We, we did a, 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 uh, an episode not too long ago with Anya Fernald, the CEO of Belcampo Meats. And she, she described some of the uh, nutrition depletion that's happened over the years. And like chicken is, has one third the protein that it used to have. And oranges are like one thirtieth the nutrient density that they used to be. So even if you're just hammering a hundred oranges a day, you're still not getting the enough, the amount of vitamin C that will actually help you. Right. And, and a lot of, especially, and you're, you're talking about eating actual oranges. Most people to get their vitamin C are going to go and drink orange juice where that's not really having anything in it. The vitamin C they're talking about is something that they put back in there and that's often just ascorbic acid again. Yeah. Yeah. Don't eat, don't drink orange juice, everybody. Right. I'm, I'm not on the orange juice bandwagon if there no. is one. Oh man. Yeah. Well, let's, I'd love to start with because um, your origin story is really fascinating, and and so I, I do I do want to let's start there because I want to talk about the work that you do. Um, but before we talk about the work that you do and, and the massive amount of people that you reach, um, let's let's just go in the way back machine. And if you could just tell us your your journey to becoming you know a nutrition expert and uh, and this you know the, the the classic N of one biohacker story. Yeah, well, I think just like most natural health experts. I started my career touring professionally as a stand-up comic. Of course, naturally. That's I think that's how most most people Joe get Rogan. going on that. 
Um, but uh, I lost my voice while that was going on, and it just didn't come back. And 23 doctors couldn't figure it out, and like all these medications, every one I was just I was getting worse and worse. And I finally just told them all to piss off, and I'm going to figure this out myself. And that's kind of what I did. I just turned into this psycho uh, researcher, and uh, I, I kind of I felt like I had to. You know, I don't know if you know a, a comic that can't talk is a, is like a mime. And I don't. I mean, who wants to be a mime? Have you ever have you ever met a mime that you didn't just want to punch in the face? I didn't want to get punched in the face. No, I haven't met that many mimes. Yeah, well, it's just they're annoying. Is when they, you know, it's like, hey, stop doing that. There's no box. Just knock it off. <laughs> so I didn't want to. I didn't want to sign up for that. So I knew I had to get my voice back, and I just started touring the country. Uh, uh, instead of doing stand up, I was going to nutrition seminars and workshops, whatever I could uh, gather in. And uh, after years, it took me like eight years to get my voice back. And wow. uh, in that time. I learned a bunch of freaky stuff about how the body works. And like my friends, I'd be like, hey, Dave, you know, this is I, I think this is why you have to sit on the toilet 12 times a day. Why don't we look at this and check it out and see if that's the same thing with you? And we'd look at his physiology and look at his body chemistry. And sure enough, he would have some of these issues that are very commonly seen with chronic diarrhea. And uh, we made adjustments and all of a sudden he could poop like a champion just like once a day. He wasn't getting lifted off the toilet like a rocket every time he went down there. So I, I started to help friends uh, improve health issues that I had learned about while I was trying to figure out how to get my voice back. And uh, it wasn't until this guy emailed me. He's like, look, uh, I had helped his friend fix his insomnia. And he's like, look, I'll give you $500 if you'll help me fix my insomnia. And I was like, oh, it's it's a business. Sure. I didn't understand that before. And then uh, that's just kind of how it worked. I was in L.A. and uh, I, uh, I started helping people before I even got my voice back. And I was working with um, like all these celebrities would come to my uh, apartment where I had my office and uh, I would help them. And I would just I would hold up these little uh, laminated index cards with questions on them to ask them questions about what they're dealing with and all this kind of stuff. And they would just talk to me. And uh, I would help them out and help them fix crazy stuff. And, you know, when these like girls would come to me that uh, with these like debilitating menstrual cramps, like they would miss like weeks of work at a time and couldn't even get out of the fetal position. And if you turned on a light, it was like they were being murdered. So I had a girl come to me like that and we fixed her menstrual cramps. And then like 30 girls with menstrual cramps show up my door like within the next couple of weeks. You know, they just start hearing about this stuff. And that's when I was like, oh, I guess this is what I'm doing for a living now. Wow. What, what ultimately did you find or what confluence of factors led to the loss of your voice? Yeah, it, it turned out my shoes were on too tight. Oh, you know? of course. You'd think that I would have noticed something like that. Of course. Um, yeah. Can you imagine how, like, how pissed I would have been after eight years if that was... If that was the thing, oh, the damn shoes. So I, I had a, I had a hernia with some reflux issues that were happening, but I also have this uh, hereditary uh, hemochromatosis thing, which is a an iron overload condition where your body like absorbs more iron than it should, huh. and with iron being a, a metal, you know it's something that our body needs. But when you put a truckload of it in there, it kind of creates a lot of inflammation. So my whole body was like really inflamed and. Uh, I ended up having to like bleed out for, for like days at a time. Basically I would do this phlebotomy therapy where they would just pull blood out as much as they could. And I would go home and just sleep for like a day and then go back when I was able to until enough iron was pulled out that I could be a human being and I could hang out with all the, the human people again. Wow. Yeah. And, and did that, I mean, did the, did the blood for lack of a better term, bloodletting, uh, did that, did that bring your voice back? Yeah, it really did. And I had to work on it. I had to work on some reflux things as well that had to be fixed because the, uh, the hiatal hernia was, um, blocking that the, the lower esophageal sphincter from closing correctly. Most people think that reflux comes from having too much stomach acid and it's, it's one of the biggest lies out there. It's completely fiction. Um, it actually comes from not having enough stomach acid hmm. and uh our, our stomach acidifies the food when it goes in there and when it does that this acid triggers that lower esophageal sphincter to close so we don't get reflux so 
when I went in with these throat issues, the doctor's like, oh, you're having reflux. We'll just turn that off altogether. So they gave me all these drugs. It turned off my stomach acid. And what they don't tell you is that we also have uh, digestive enzymes in our stomach that are produced in our stomach. And they're made to help us break down protein. Well, guess what your esophagus and your vocal cords and all that stuff is made of? It's all it's protein. So you can turn off the acid and you might not feel the reflux coming up. So you, you kind of fix that symptom that mm. you're dealing with. But you still have digestive enzymes coming up and they're, they're damaging those tissues because they're basically breaking them down. That's what they're made to do. They break it down. And so a person can still be having damage even though they're not feeling anything. So that's kind of what I had going on. So I had to fix that, and then I had to actually turn my digestion back on so that I could trigger that valve to close correctly. Wow. Wow. Did In the process of this discovery, um, what did that do to, you know, as you made these subtle changes, and I'm sure you had this sort of eureka moment when you understand that, you, when you understood that you had the iron, the iron issue. Like, what did that, that process of discovery do to your physique and your performance and your levels of stress and your quality of sleep? Did everything change? Um, everything changed over time. And it was the guys that helped me figure out the iron overload were guys that, that taught me about bioindividuality, which is what I do now and which is what I teach doctors and other health professionals how to use with their clients. And it was really about uh, having to look at my physiology and see where I was. Because before I got sick, I was touring as a comic, but I also, um, I moved to LA and after I've been touring for years, that's where all the comics go. And I get there ready to keep touring. They're like, oh yeah, we don't pay people here. All the comics here work free because they just want to be seen. I was like, oh, well, I, I was planning on having a sandwich or something to eat. How do you suggest I earn the money to do that? So I was working as a personal trainer too. I was in great shape. I always did that. And people always ask me, hey, how do I do that? So I was like, oh, I can get paid for that. So I was working as a personal trainer, but as I lost my voice and my, I would go to doctors and they put me on a drug and that would make me worse. And they put me on another one and that would make me worse. And I didn't understand all this stuff then. I had studied nutrition for a decade at this point. I really was interested in it. Um, but I was studying the mainstream nutrition, sure. which is pretty much the same information that the doctors are learning. So I was learning the same broken information that, that the doctors had in their pocket when I was asking them for help. And so it just got worse and worse. It got to the point where I couldn't work out. It got to the point where my apartment had three steps and I would stop halfway up to rest. Really? <laughs> are you kidding me? I'm I got, there's three steps. I got to simmer down for a minute before I can make it up. Your three steps, and uh, I was going home between clients to take to take naps. You know, I just I couldn't get through a day, and that was when I was like, this doesn't work. I basically uh, I looked like a POW because mm. um, when you turn off digestion, you turn off your body's ability to access the nutrients in our food. You're your body can't do anything with, with a salami sandwich. It doesn't know what a salami sandwich is. It's got to break that down into uh, amino acids, into fats, into vitamins, into minerals, and all these cofactors for nutrients. It's got to break it down, and then it can use those. It doesn't know how to use a, a salami sandwich. So because I turned my digestion off with all these acid reflux medications, um, I was uh, dwindling. And I, I was becoming like I had a big pot belly and I, I looked like I just got out of a concentration camp. My muscles were gone completely. Um, I couldn't sleep at all. I was the captain of insomnia. Mm. Uh, and it was, it, was, it was not that fun, if that's what you're yeah. asking. Were you asking me if it was, was fun? Was it fun? Yeah, it was it fun? Yeah, it wasn't that fun. It, it wasn't, wasn't that fun. fun. I don't recommend it. It wasn't fun. Uh, walk us through a little bit of your process because I, I, I am a strong believer uh, that that the future of natural health it has to be individualized for body chemistry. It has to be custom to not only who you are, but who you are right now. Um, with all of these all of these indicators of stress levels and sleep quality and, and blood work and all this stuff, um, I'm, I'm curious about your process of of understanding a client's uh, own body chemistry, like how do you how do you get the data and information that you need in order to make the right choices? 
Right. Because the main, the status quo is, all right, I'm going to look at your blood work and help you figure out what's going on. Um, if, yeah. I mean, if, if that, I mean, and sorry to cut you off, but you're right. Like oftentimes that's not, that, that, that doesn't even happen. What happens is you can't sleep. You go to a doctor, they say, oh, you can't sleep. Well, here's some sleep meds. Here's some, here's right. some, here's some drugs, right? So this rare- will knock you out and, and yeah, you'll be yeah. a zombie for 80% right. of the day, but you get to sleep and that's fun. Right. Yeah. So. You're, you're going to be tranquilized. You're going to wake up in the middle of the night and make a turkey <laughs> dinner and then go back to sleep and not remember that. But right. 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 And you you might even do the same thing at the office. You might not remember even getting to the office yeah. and how did I get here? What the hell's going on? Right. So, yeah. so, if, so, so obviously blood work is a part of it, but, but, but yeah, sorry. Walk, walk us, walk us through the, the process. Right. And the trick, the problem with the blood work, and uh, a lot, most people listening to this will have experienced this at some point, where they feel horrible, and they go to the doctor, and they're like, "Yeah, I feel just like a person, but not at all. I feel like not at all like a person." So he's like, "Okay, we're gonna run your blood work. Oh, look at that! All your blood numbers are perfect. Hmm. So there's nothing wrong with you." And you're like, "Well, I have, I have gills." growing out of my neck right now. I don't know if I'm supposed to have that, mm-hmm. but do you see that these are gills? That's mm-hmm. weird, right? Yeah, but the blood work is good, so go ahead and go home. It's normal. And that's yeah, yeah, you're normal. So you you nailed it. And the person's like, "Well, I guess I'm I'm normal and I guess I need to live underwater. I don't know." And so that's kind of what they're stuck with. But the problem is is that the blood is a compensatory fluid. And what that means is that the body uh, the the chemistry in the blood is crucial. If it's not in the right place for some areas, we just get to be dead. So the body doesn't want us to be dead. So it has all of these backup modes and tricks that it can do that that'll compensate other areas, other tissues, other fluids, other systems, and it will steal from all these things to make the blood work right. So by the time there's things going wrong in the blood work. You're kind of, you're a little screwed by that time. Hmm. There's stuff that's really wrong by the time the blood work shows up as, oh, yeah, you are broken. So we will look further into what's going on. Um, so what we teach people how to do is to look at their physiology. There's other things that we can look at to get clues of what's happening and how your body is actually processing. And when you're looking at this stuff, the first thing you got to understand is that um, – we don't know anything about the human body. Every time we think, okay, I think we've got this figured out, and then we break something open and all this other stuff comes up, and we're like, what is that? We, we didn't know we had that. And so we have to understand that we're still learning, and it's going to be a long time before we really understand what's going on, but we can do the best with what we have. So here's what we do. We help people look at things that they can even do at home with simple tools that you can pick up at a drugstore or pharmacy or whatever. We look at things like uh, blood pressure. Um, That's a really big one. We look at things like uh, blood sugar, especially your fasting blood sugar can tell you a lot about uh, how you're processing carbs and maybe even foods and what kind of emergencies you might be having going on. And that's a huge one for the general public. For people that might listen to our shows, they may have learned enough already to know that oh, I, I shouldn't be eating ding-dongs at every meal. You know, they know that, but a lot of people don't know that. So that's a big one. Um, we look at things like uh, urine and saliva pH, hmm. but not for the reasons that someone might think. Have you have you had people on the show that talk about, you know, alkalizing and stuff like that or things like that? We haven't really done, we haven't really, no, we haven't really um, done. Okay, don't, don't do that. No? Yeah, yeah, because, uh, um, and the only reason I don't want you to do it is because it's fiction. And, you know, I mean, fiction is Piss isn't doesn't that. tell us anything? Yeah, well, no, Piss tells us actually a lot of stuff. But they're looking at the wrong thing. They, uh, they, uh, the first reality is that um, the blood can lean to uh, acid, like they're saying. And uh, they want us all to, to alkalize, to eat an alkalizing diet is what they tell us to do. Right. Um, because the blood can lean too acidic, and when it does, it can create a lot of problems. Because again, that, that blood has to stay in a narrow range. And when it does, there's a lot of problems, and if you can help alkalize that blood a little bit, it can improve some things. The problem is that 50% of the population actually has their blood leaning too alkaline already. And uh, 
when the blood is leaning too alkaline, this thing that we all learned in eighth grade science class called the Bohr effect kicks in. And what happens is the blood leaning too alkaline restricts the oxygen to go down to the tissues where it needs to be. So they can put them on a pulse oximeter and they're, oh yeah, you got lots of oxygen, everything's golden, but it can't get down to the tissues where it needs to be to function and to have the body function. And it's just kind of trapped because the alkalinity is kind of holding it there. So we look at uh, the urine, uh, pH of saliva and urine to get a better idea for other things. Um, the, the pH of your urine and your saliva actually tells you nothing about the pH of your blood. That's mm. it's completely 100% false. Um, they like to tell us to check that, and that's going to kind of tell us what our blood pH is. It's, it's not true. Uh, but there are other ways to – other tests that we have people do that, um, that helps them figure out where that p- blood pH is. But it's more about breath rate. I just said a whole bunch of stuff. I feel like I might. You got anything to say about that? I may have blabbed some. No, that's good. No, I'm 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 intricately interested in in the mechanisms for discovery, right? So, you know, you've given, you know, urine, saliva, um, blood pressure, you know, um, uh, resting glucose. Do you do like sleep study? Do you like do like sleep tracking? Do you do like DNA um, um, assessments? Like, do you do you wrap that into your into your discovery process? Uh, at some at sometimes, but not that often. Like then, now here's I'll give you a, a couple of good examples. You know, we should talk about uh, insomnia just a little bit since we mentioned that. Since we're talking about that, um, and this is the perfect example for why bioindividuality is so important. So the, the reality is that there's like three, or, three to five major causes for insomnia that are imbalances in the body that are going on. And what happens is you have insomnia and you ask your friends what fixes insomnia and somebody will say, um, oh, magnesium fixes insomnia. Just take magnesium and then you're going to sleep better. But here's the problem. So real quick, I'm just going to rip through this. By the way, if I if we don't cover all this stuff in all my books, I teach people how to run these simple tests at home and to take the results and then put them together to understand what imbalances may be going on. And uh, you, your readers or your listeners could get uh, one of my books for free, uh, my Kick Your Fat in the Nuts book for free. Just go to kickitnaturally.com forward slash book and you can get a free digital copy uh, awesome. to download there. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. And um, But when we look at this, uh, there's an imbalance um, called an, a catabolic imbalance. And basically, at the cellular level of our body, uh, we're always in either a catabolic state or an anabolic state. And the body is meant to go back and forth between these states. Both states are good. They're both necessary. And in a catabolic state, the body is better at creating energy and uh, that's kind of where we break down tissues so that it can be rebuilt. So all those things are very important, and that happens during the day. And then at night, we move into an anabolic state, which most people have heard of anabolic when they're talking about steroids. And that's, uh, that's why uh, steroids are helpful to build muscle so quickly is because the anabolic state is where the body rebuilds. It rebuilds itself. So they are just trying to push themselves as severely into that state as they can to cheat a little bit and to build muscle all the time. So don't misunderstand that I'm saying that's a good idea. I'm just saying that that explains what happens in that anabolic state. Okay. So what happens is a person can get stuck in one of these states for a a wide variety of reasons, and they'll stay there most of the time. Hmm. And like if you're stuck in an anabolic state – it can adjust where your body sends water and it can create like con- chronic constipation issues. Um, a lot of anxiety issues happen in this anabolic state because in an anabolic state, the body creates energy through fermentation. And that's not as good of a way to create energy. And uh, when it does that, one of the byproducts is lactic acid. Hmm. So these people will get this huge buildup of lactic acid and uh, – in order, when they first started testing out anxiety meds and different things to do that with trials, they would create a panic attack by injecting someone with lactic acid. Hmm. That's what you could do. So we see a lot of anxiety uh, 
can be. This is only one cause, keep in mind, uh, where a person is just stuck in that anabolic state all the time so their body has too much lactic acid. Okay? Uh, did we follow or did I, did I totally lose No, we're with you. Yeah. Because I, I, I haven't even got to the insomnia part yet. Yeah, we're, we're getting there. We're no, we're with you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're all right. So the other state that uh, is supposed to be in the, in the daytime is the catabolic state. And if someone's stuck in that state all the time, which is really common, I was stuck in this state myself. And, uh, but then your body is stuck in the awake mode at the cellular level. It's not, you know, I would lie there in bed and I would just think about stuff. And I'm like, man, I think all the time. My brain is so powerful. I just can't stop thinking because my brain is so strong and amazing. And the reality is, is that your brain always thinks when you're awake, idiot. But if, uh, if you're stuck at the cellular level, in awake mode, then right. your body's like, hey, come on, we're awake, let's do stuff. Yeah. And of course you're going to think because your body's awake. So I was awake for weeks at a time just because my body was stuck in this catabolic state. Now here's the thing that you're going to be like, holy mackerel, yeah, that's not a good idea. Magnesium is probably one of the most common things that you're going to see recommended for insomnia. Magnesium is the most pro-catabolic mineral that there is. It pushes the body more catabolic. Hmm. So I started taking magnesium, and not only did I not sleep for three weeks, but I was on the toilet all day because when you're overly catabolic, it pushes all your water to the bowels hmm. and not enough to your kidneys. So I was like the diarrhea captain. Hmm. Um, now, the reality is is that, especially because like we were saying with our food, there's just not enough magnesium in the food that we're eating. We're pretty much all... Yeah. deficient in magnesium. We all need more magnesium and that's the reality. But when you give a pushing dose to someone who's already pushed too far in that state, sure. his, his body may need more magnesium, but now he's getting like just magnesium and it's going to push him even more catabolic and his wow. hair is going to start falling out and all this like other kind of stuff. Wow. Oh my gosh. I never, that's interesting. I've never heard that perspective. I mean, it, um, talking about magnesium as a as a catabolic enhancer um is interesting to me i i've i've had i've thought a lot about magnesium i take a lot of magnesium um you know understand the benefits of it and this is kind of all this is all forms of magnesium this is doesn't matter what kind yeah basically and and some more than others but here's the other trick another cause for insomnia is an issue where there are not enough electrolytes in the system mm -hmm. and when there's not enough electrolytes in the system Basically, when electrolytes go very low, a person can have a seizure. And when blood sugar goes very low, a person can have a seizure. But when both of them go very low at the same time, that's real trouble. Mm. And the body is really kind of defensive about having the seizures. So it plans way ahead of time. So if someone's electrolytes are already low, let's say like mine were when I couldn't digest food and and I couldn't pull minerals out of the food that I was eating. So how would I have any minerals if I can't access them in the food, right? Um, so if my minerals are already low, uh, then my body at night is going to be in this stressed out, panicked yeah. state. And it's going to be like, go, get up, get me some Nutter Butters or something. I got both blood sugar and minerals super low right now. And the reality is they're probably not going to have a seizure right there because seizures, they probably couldn't. They could probably not eat anything for you know days and still not have a seizure, but the body is very defensive about that, mm. and it's very defensive about when all of those nutrients are going low. So it's like it's telling you go do something, and so the person stays awake. So then what do they do? They take magnesium. This lifts their mineral levels, and if this person is not already in this severe catabolic state, then the magnesium is going to help them sleep because it fixed the problem that they were dealing with. Mm. Make sense? Yeah. So then. That's why we get thousands of people saying magnesium helped me sleep. So people see that and they're like, oh, magnesium must help me sleep. And then this poor catabolic bastard takes some magnesium and ruins his entire world. Oh, wow. So it's really – that's where what you said, you're like, you're like I have this belief and I don't, I don't want to upset you or anything. But your belief is true. It's not just your belief. It needs to be a fact. And that's that we have to stop looking – at the symptom that the person is dealing right. with and we have to look at the person. Yeah, everything, everything, it has to be individualized. And that, that's why, that's why, 
you know, I find your work so interesting because we, we, we have all these tools we have, we can, like you said, you can go down to the drugstore and find these tools of measurement to figure out what the heck is really going on and get some information so that you don't just start taking, Oh, I'm just going to take a bunch of multivitamins and hopefully that works. Like, no, you're putting a bunch of weird fillers in your body. You don't know what your, you know, metals are. You don't know. Yeah. Well, do you, um, this is so cool. I'm really enjoying this. Do you, uh, do you like the term biohacking? You know, I like it. I like it okay. It's not one that I have always used. And uh, sometimes it, it's, you know, it's almost like tissue in some cases. Like, give me a, give me a Kleenex. You know, Kleenex <laughs> yeah, is what right. we call a tissue, but totally. that's not what all Kleenexes are. Right. Um, but the best thing about it, the best thing about biohacking, in my opinion, is that it helps people understand, oh, I, I'm in control of my body. I'm in control of my health and, and the situation that my body is. Just because my mom and my grandma, you know, pooped once a month, that doesn't mean that I have to poop once a month too. I can fix things that are going wrong. Um, and it can be my effort. I don't have to go to a doctor and just have him tell me what to do and then come back a month later and see how it went when he gives me a pill to take. Yeah, I can be involved. And the biggest, my favorite part about any biohacking are the the tricks where you're really monitoring something. It's really about, um, because we, we teach people a lot about, well, if you take this, it can help with that. But that's not where the magic is. The magic is, is making some type of adjustment, whether it's in a diet, a supplement, a therapy, a device, you know, whatever it is that you're biohacking or using, you got to make that adjustment. But then you have to monitor it and see not only how you feel, but what happens to your physiology? What's changing? And you, when you watch those numbers, and then you can incorporate with the changes that you experience, now you really got something to look at. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, the problem is like, especially, I mean, talk about weight loss. You know, that's the biggest topic out there. A lot of people will be taking the right steps to lose weight, even for their unique body chemistry. They'll be doing the right thing. And they get on the scale and the scale didn't drop 20 pounds like they saw on the on the on the TV show. Right. That guy dropped 20 pounds in four days and I'm not doing that. So what I'm doing must be wrong and I'm going to completely change it. Maybe maybe I do need that beyond beef burger or whatever they're talking about. The Franken the Frankenstein meat thing. Maybe that's what I need. And and that's why you get people going and doing stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and if that's you, I don't want to upset it's you. It's not me. I, no, it's not no, me. No, I know it's not you, but I'm just talking <laughs> to listeners. If it's you when I'm saying this, I don't want you to, you know, I was there. I feel for you. I was vegan for over a year because I thought that that was yeah. the best thing. And I, and I, now I, I even understand why people feel better when they go vegan at first. Sure. I understand, I understand all these things about it and why I felt like it was the best thing. But, uh, you got to know over the long haul that, uh, well, here's my viewpoint that you'll love, and this is just – I'm glad all vegans don't know this in my viewpoint because I'd be getting some special mail. But the reality is is that there is no such thing as a vegan. Right. Of course. Because here's what happens is they eat these foods, and uh, the, the fact is is that our body needs – proteins from animal sources and it's not just b12 you can't just take a b12 shot and your body's going to get what it needs because there's all these amino acid cofactors and all this other stuff going on and when you first go vegan your body has a reserve of these things so now you're doing great you're feeling fine you still have what your body needs but when those run out guess what your body needs them anyways. Just because you're not supplying them doesn't mean your body's going to be like, oh, okay, I'll just go without these. No. If you're not bringing in those uh, animal sources of nutrients that it needs, you become those animal sources mm. that your body needs. And your body breaks yourself down to access those nutrients that it needs, and you're basically eating yourself. So you're an animal, dude. You, you didn't get it right. Yeah. 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 The, the, it's, that's complicated. And we've had, you know, um, I, I, I was curious in the, um, um, beyond meat concept. And so I had the, the, one of the founders of beyond meat come awesome. on and I interviewed him and we talked about, you know, the $250, uh, piece of beyond meat potato chip size piece of meat. That's anyway, we, so I, I try <laughs> to, I try to present all, all, all different types of, 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 
paradigms so that people can come to their own conclusions. And yeah, it just doesn't smell right. The whole, the whole, the whole meat in a, in a dish grown in a lab just doesn't, doesn't, doesn't come, doesn't meet, doesn't meet the sniff test. Right. But the, the real thing, and this is pretty much the basic uh, basis of everything that I do is it's that it's all about digestion. And, um, we find that keep in mind that most people that come to someone like me have a health issue. They have something that they're trying to pay, fix. And same with all of our uh, health professional students that study under us. They all have a health issue. That's why they go to uh, some type of health professional. And But we see that uh, about 8 out of 10 will have some type of digestive malfunction going on. Mm -hmm. And there's two sides of digestion that are the most important. And both of them have to be working for you to really pull all the nutrients out of your food. So if that number of people don't have both sides working, we know that a lot of the population doesn't. And if a person is eating a steak and they don't have any stomach acid, well, they can't break that down. So you know what it does? That meat rots and ferments in the stomach. That's the process that it goes through in order to break down at least partially. Because the stomach acid is gone. And you don't need to be on a, an acid reflux drug to have your stomach acid turned off. There's a lot of things that can turn off stomach acid. The, the low mineral levels can be one of those things because the body, like you need chloride to be able to make hydrochloric acid. Like there's all these little minerals and nutrients you need. And when your body doesn't have them, you can't make it. And then you can't break down your food enough to access all those nutrients. So a person can get stuck in this circle of no digestion for decades. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so when they eat this steak, they feel lousy. They feel horrible. The steak sits there for six hours. They can't even get up. They're bloated. They look like they're pregnant. And so now they say, I'm going to go vegan. And they eat these vegetables and they remove that steak. Well, they still don't have digestion, but vegetables are much easier to break down than a steak. So now they feel better. Um, if you set out a bunch of meat in a garbage can and a bunch of carrots in another garbage can and came back in a week, you know, which one would be more disgusting? <laughs> it would be the meat. The meat's going to be horrific. You're not going to want to put your head in there. And that's what's happening in your body if you can't break down that steak. So that's why they start to feel so many, so much better and, and experience so much uh, health benefits when they go vegan because that steak was rotting, fermenting, creating all these chemicals and toxins and causing a lot of trouble for them. But now they end up not giving their body what it needs because they're not getting those specific nutrients that they need from animal protein. So over the long haul, they end up having more problems, but then they go back and they're like, well, it's not the vegan thing because I felt so much better when I did that. So it must be something else. I need to do something else is wrong and I'm going to keep right. digging until I find it. Right. One extreme thing to the another extreme thing. You know, how many, how many vegans and vegetarians, you know, switch to carnivore and then like two weeks go by and they feel like brand new people, you know, how right. many people who, yeah, well, digestion, well, let's stick on digestion a little bit. Um, uh, what, what digestive enzymes, probiotics, prebiotics do you specifically take to yourself or or are you so cool that you've gotten your gut tested and you've got like a custom prescription for lactobacillus e flori and I mean do you have you ever I'm, done I'm like I'm eating other people's poop or I'm putting up other people's poop in me and I yeah, doing like cool stuff right yeah yeah there's some science behind the put your poop in my butt type of stuff that seems really legit like their science seems legit i don't i have don't you know met, all about it have you ever met anybody that's that's done it I, no i I, ha I have and let me tell you it I, there there are there is like an overnight change there you know like someone who's um, dealing with um uh what's the what do you get from what, do you, what does he uh lyme disease mm -hmm. um got racked all these symptoms all this stuff she got a um uh, a fecal transplant from her daughter um, who I'll spare the backstory. She got a fecal transplant for her daughter and, and literally overnight, like her skin cleared up, like color came back to her face, like joints didn't hurt, like able to eat a wide variety of foods, more energy, better sleep. Like it, it, it makes sense to me and, and it's bizarre, uh, you know, to a certain extent, but also it, it, it makes sense if you're, if it's like a rough shot, it's like this, this introduction of 
all of this rich, positive bacteria that you're now putting into your body that your body is like, oh my gosh, we've been needing all these things. But back to my back to my question, uh, I'm curious what you take for digestion and, and, and if you've ever done like a gut health test and, and done a you know prescriptive approach. Right, cool. So I have not done those things. I'm going to tell you why. And uh, again, I feel like they're legit. When I hear the science, I'm like, I understand that science. That makes sense to me at a scientific level, and I think it's cool. But it's it's pretty new, and there's been other things, like even the alkalizing diet. I thought that made sense in my head for a minute too, but it was ends up being horribly wrong for at least 50% of the population. Um, so here's what is actually happening, and here's why – that might not be the long-term solution for some of those people who feel better immediately, okay? So here's what people need to understand. And again, this is something that we learned in eighth grade science, but then somehow we lose it. There's a lot of stuff happens after eighth grade. There was that whole you know, skateboarding phase. Maybe you went through breakdancing. Maybe you had acne. Maybe, oh my gosh, sex? This is great. So you forget a lot of stuff that you learned in eighth grade because there's a lot that happens in between there. But for some reason, the stuff they teach us in eighth grade also doesn't make it into our medical community either. So it just disappears. But what we learn is that when we eat food, the body makes stomach acid. And then that stomach acid is how it starts to break down the food that we eat. Okay? So without that, the food can't break down. And again, your body can't access nutrients from a peanut butter sandwich. It has to break it down in order to use the nutrients. That's why we eat. We're eating to fuel the body to provide the body with nutrients that it it needs to run all these functions. You know, all these minerals and things, vitamins, they don't just have cool names and you don't just need um, magnesium if you have charley horses or something. That's not what it's made for. It runs all these things in the body and we need all this stuff. Okay, so the stomach acid starts to break it down and then once it's acidified, it leaves the stomach and goes into the duodenum which is basically the first few inches of the small intestine. Okay, so when that happens, the gallbladder squirts bile down onto that acidic product, all right? Now, bile is this alkaline, soapy substance, and it's very uh, alkaline where the stuff in the stomach is very acidic. So when those two things meet and they touch each other, you get like this sizzle. It's like an explosion. It's like when you made that science fair project with a volcano where you put the baking soda in and the vinegar and then it came up and everybody's like, oh, he's brilliant. Give him an A. Um, that's what's going on there in your digestion. This sizzle is what explodes the food and allows the minerals to come out and the nutrients and everything that we need. That's what gives us that. So if you don't have enough acid going on, you don't get that explosion. If you don't have enough of the alkaline bile, you don't get that explosion. So you can't break the food apart and pull everything out of it and get the nutrients that you need. Now, here's the problem in relation to the, what everybody talks about when it says digestion. Because if you mention digestion, the first thing they're going to go to is probiotics or fiber, and that's kind of what they feel digestion is. But the problem is, is that not only does that acid in the stomach break down the food that we eat, it's like it's the barrier for our body, it's the it's the night in disgusting armor right there in your stomach that's going to kill all the bad little varmints that come in and it's just going to fry them. Because if they don't die, they set up camp, they throw a keg party, they raise kids, and they go further down the intestinal tract and set up other things down there. And then your small intestine, you have SIBO, and it goes down your colon, you got all this stuff. So that is the barrier. And when there's no stomach acid, there's no barrier. So people do these things like they're taking all these antimicrobials to wipe out um, bad bacteria or fungus or whatever it is, whatever the overgrowth is in your system. They're doing these steps to wipe it out. And a lot of times they work or they're putting some other kind of fecal thing up the back door and now you got good mojo. So the good mojo works and it, it beats out the bad mojo and, and you win. But if you don't shut the front door, shut the front door, then there's more bad guys are coming in because it's on everything. Bacteria is everywhere. You just smiled and laughed a little bit. It went right in your freaking mouth. You just, <laughs> just close your mouth. Stop it, dude. You know, it's, it's everywhere. We can't avoid it. And that's why the body was made to protect us from that. So people take all these steps 
to correct the problems they have. But when they don't shut the front door, it just they get it right back. And they think, oh, well, maybe this is just who I am kind of thing. So there's a lot of things that go into digestion. There's all these enzymes. They're all important. If you really want to fully get all the nutrients that you uh, eat, you need enzymes. They, it's not in the food if you're cooking it. And even if you're eating everything raw, the food doesn't have the enzymes that it used to have 60 years ago, just like it doesn't have the nutrients. There's a lot of problems. Um, it's because we don't take care of the soil. It's, we're doing a lot of stuff wrong, and it all starts with the dirt. But um, So all those steps, you know, you, we digest in our mouth. You know, there's a lot of steps that go on. Pancreatic enzymes, all these things happen, and it's important. But when you don't have the stomach acid or the bile flowing correctly, either of those things are messed up, then you're not digesting your food, and you're probably experiencing some type of, of symptom, whether it's bloating or acid reflux or constipation or diarrhea or acne or skin issues or something like that. Hmm. Um, and uh, that's your body saying, hey, this it's not really working right. You got you got you got something we could do to fix this hmm. a little bit? Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask it again because I'm because I am curious about what you specifically do and, and I do appreciate okay. the, the understanding, but um, so does that mean does that does that go to suggest then that digestive enzymes are a and, and I, we're not trying to paint with a broad brush because I know that really at the heart of it, it's individualized. But um, is a digestive enzyme, you know, essentially better because it's further upstream from like a probiotic or a prebiotic? Well, I, I, I think that they all have benefits. And depending on what your situation is and the problems that you're experiencing, <clears throat> one may benefit you more than another. Um, I don't feel, however, that someone needs to take probiotics all the time because uh, if the gut, if the system is working correctly, when you implant probiotics or you take enough to get them in there, they will replicate correctly as they're supposed to, and they'll take over. And, um, so most people who really need probiotics might only need to use them for two, three weeks at a time, and then they can take a break. They don't need to keep pounding the body with more and more mm. kind of stuff. Um, but that's only if everything's working correctly. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. But, and what and what can people be looking forward to see? I mean, obviously, if they're more regular and the consistency of your stools are you know optimal and you you don't have stomach cramping and all that stuff, but um, that's nice to know. It's nice to hear that because I don't think you know I think a lot of you know to a certain extent myself and and people listening right now kind of just assume now that taking a probiotic every day is not a bad idea, and maybe even taking a prebiotic every day is not a bad idea, and maybe taking an enzyme with everything that you you know, with every meal that you eat is maybe not a bad idea either. So it's nice. Again, it's, it's about individuation. It's about, it's about, um, understanding what's going on. And for me, like, you know, testing, testing is kind of an important part of that because you can, you can sort of, you can use interoception inside your body to be like, Oh, okay, well my stomach isn't, doesn't hurt today. So, so whatever I did yesterday or the day before is working, you know, not drinking water while I eat allows me to digest my food a lot better. You know, when I stopped drinking water, well, when, when I stopped drinking beer with dinner, that was my first medication. <laughs> uh, when I stopped drinking IPAs with dinner, that, that really helped. Um, you know, obviously cutting out gluten and stuff like that has, has, has massively helped my, just mm -hmm. my life. But, you know, not drinking water while you eat allows your own mouth to create, you know, the, the digestive enzymes from your mouth and saliva. But, um, it's important, I think, to, for people to hear, no, you don't have to take a prebiotic for the rest of your life or a probiotic every day for the rest of your life, right? Right, right. You don't. And you might need enzymes. And, uh, you know, your body can kind of store some enzymes. You, you can have like a backup kind of a situation. And your body can even um, steal other type of enzymes that are made for something else and use it for digestion. But you really want to replenish that. And uh, so I like to see somebody, if they're over 30, I like to see them using some type of digestive enzyme on a regular basis, even if it's not with every meal. Does that make sense? You may yeah. not need it every meal, but I like to see people use that. But what we do to, to improve either of those digestive issues, because bile, basically bile is made in the liver, and the liver takes all of this filth. You know, we talked a little bit about this when you were on my show, which uh, Sean did an awesome episode on our Kick It Naturally episode. You got to check that out. He's a little bit brilliant if you don't get to hear him much because he's busy interviewing other people. So you got to listen to that. It was a good time. Um, but w we uh, we talked a little bit about detoxification of the body. And basically, the liver is our major detoxifying organ. And we have other systems that can help. And there's other backup things that go on. 
But the liver really does this job where it's like, oh, you don't belong here. You're out of here. And it filters all this garbage out and it puts it in the bile. And then the bile goes to the gallbladder and it's stored there and it kind of concentrates this bile so that it can become even more alkaline. And then when the food comes out of the stomach acidified, that's when it drops down onto there and neutralizes those acids. Because if you don't neutralize those acids, those acids continue through the intestinal tract and they're breaking down the protein lining of the digestive tract. So the body's like, oh, we can't have this. This is going to make a hole. So it brings all the water and it rushes it out the back door and you come lifting off the toilet. That's Mm. one common cause for chronic diarrhea. So this bile is really crucial for that. But when it mixes with that and it's alkalizing this acid product leaving the stomach, then it continues through the intestinal tract as it's all sizzling and breaking the food apart and pulling those nutrients out and we're assimilating those nutrients through our intestinal lining. It's also moving through and we poop. Well, guess what? Your body just removed toxins and filth by putting it in the bile. So there's a lot of things that can happen um, that can restrict bile from flowing properly. It gets too thick and sticky and then it stays in the gallbladder and it concentrates for so long that it creates... I don't know, stones. Have you ever heard of gallstones? Mm. People are like, oh my gosh, yeah. So that's how gallstones start to form is when the bile is not moving correctly. And uh, things like very high estrogen levels will thicken up the bile. That catabolic imbalance I talked about before can thicken up the bile. There's a lot of things that can do that. And uh, when it gets too thick and sticky to flow correctly, not only does that break digestion because now the acid product's not getting neutralized, you're not pulling all the nutrients out of your food, But now that major detoxification pathway that the body uses is not moving. It's not flowing. You're not sending the junk out the back door. It just gets reabsorbed and the liver's like, I got to filter this out again. I did this already. Hey, I did this already. (laughs) So it it, it creates a lot of trouble. Hmm. So to get that bile moving, we use um, beet greens. Now, it's not just eating beet greens because – you would have to eat enough for like a horse to get the benefit. We use a product called Beet Flow from Empirical Labs that it has concentrated beet greens juice in it. And it's the concentrated beet green juice that really helps to thin that bile so that it can flow correctly and start moving again. Now, you could also do like a coffee enema or coffee suppositories. And that doesn't really thin the bile as well as the beet flow does, but it can dilate that pathway a little bit and help people get their bile flowing better. Um, Drinking coffee does not do the same thing. It's got to be shoved up the back door. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Butt stuff. You know, eventually Mm -hmm. the uh, the podcast just just goes to butt stuff. Goes right to the butt. Yeah, that's where it goes. (laughs) Uh, Well, you should hang out on my podcast sometimes. It's all about poop. Hey, yeah, poop captain, I have a question for you. Let's, somebody's, <laughs> somebody's got to wear that badge of honor, you know? Right, right. It's all on me. Yeah. It's all on me. And then the acid side, we just teach people how to supplement with HCL. It's like if your body's not making HCL, you can supplement with it, and then you're just synthetically putting HCL into your stomach mm. since your stomach is not making it, and then you can acidify the food that you're eating you start pulling the nutrients out, and then you start to give your body the tools that it needs to make its own HCL again. Got and then it. you can start reducing what you need. Oh, that's cool. Uh, before we go into sort of the the home stretch um, for today, um, I want to you know you're 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 between the podcast and the Facebook groups and and the people that you help and then you know the the everything that's sort of underneath your umbrella. You know, you're you're a part of a lot of people's conversations, right? You're you're understanding what's what's going on with people. What are they struggling with? Um, you know, I'm curious about what what are some common or maybe what are the most common things that people are are struggling with right now? You know, what on on the Facebook groups and on the um, you know both private and public, what are what are people? What's the most common things that people are are really messing with right now? Well, you know, my uh, I, I have books on you know weight loss and, and constipation, and I have books that are just for health professionals to understand how to do this stuff. But my weight loss book is my most popular book, and so a lot of people that come to me are coming to me for weight loss. And most people that have significant amount of weight to lose, 
are dealing with digestive issues hmm. and they're and that's why they can't stop eating the carbs and the sugars because their body is screaming for it's your body's screaming I'm starving and I don't have any fuel but you know what those nutter butters were really easy to break down you ate that steak that didn't work it did, I couldn't break that down but those nutter butters man they were practically broken down by the time they got into my stomach I could turn that into fuel I felt okay for a few minutes give me more nutter butters so that's kind of how these people are dealing with cravings and uh, so when I when I see people come to me and, and into my world, I see a lot of people who need to lose weight and they're dealing with a lot of the issues that go with that, which is the digestive issues. And uh, unfortunately, um, with that also comes a lot of mental and emotional issues mm. because things like, um, you know, depression and, and anxiety and, um, uh, bipolar disorder and all those kind of things, um, the most common underlying causes, not the only underlying causes, again, but the most common ones often have to do with the body not having the resources that it needs, uh, the minerals that it needs for signals to travel from the brain to the body and from the body back to the brain. There's a lot of signals that go on. And when those aren't traveling correctly, because they kind of, they bounce off the minerals in our body. Like if, if you put your toaster in a bathtub, you're, it's going to shock you because there's minerals in the water that that uh, electricity travels through. Mm. But if you put it in distilled water where there's no minerals, and no, I don't want you to test this out, <laughs> um, but the, the, the signals won't travel because there's nothing for them to travel through. And your body's the same way. Uh, so when they don't have the minerals for the signals to travel, they experience things like depression and anxiety and, and all of those mental and emotional issues that are so common today. You know, when I was a kid in school, there was like, there was a kid with a mental issue. A kid, you know? And now there's like four kids that don't have a mental or emotional issue in just about every school. Yeah. And it's because not only are we dealing with a lot of digestive issues that don't allow us to pull the nutrients out of the food, but the food that we're eating doesn't have the nutrients that it used to have. So you, it's like, two things against what your body really needs, which is really just nutrients and stuff. So that's what I'm seeing a lot of. I see a lot of the mental and emotional issues and the people dealing with um, the cravings and the digestive issues that lead to weight gain and all that stuff. And uh, they think that they're falling apart because they have so many things mm. that they're dealing with. Yeah. They just think they're just huge mess when the reality is they probably only have one or two malfunctions and maybe an imbalance or two um, that's creating all of that mess. And a lot of times it's the malfunctions that led to the imbalances. You know, a lot of these people that, that as health professionals, we're just telling them, man, if you just drop the carbs, everything's going to be fine. You're going to work it out. It's gonna, you're going to lose that weight. You're, just, you're eating all carbs all the time and look at all the problems this causes with your insulin and look at what it does to all this. But they can't do it because when they drop the carbs, they're dropping their body's only fuel source. Right. Their body can't access fuel from the foods that we're telling them to eat. Why right. don't you just eat these whole real foods? Well, whole real foods have to be broken down. And this, this Kit Kat doesn't. The Kit Kat's all chemicals. It's ready to roll. Yeah. Give me some energy. I'm going to go out tonight. Yeah. So we're trying to ask people to do things that – don't work for them and then we wonder why they get frustrated and discouraged so yeah. that's what i see a lot of yeah that's tricky that's tricky and then the more stress that you have about you know your struggles with weight then you know that increases cortisol and then you know that you know leads to holding on to more fat yeah it's a vicious yeah it's a cycle vicious cycle well that's that's interesting i mean um some pretty key takeaways, you know, as I think back to, to all the different things you've shared, I hope, I hope people are taking notes. I'll give them a little update before we, before I launch the podcast to remind them to just kind of take some notes. Sometimes I tell people to speed up, um, the podcast speed. I don't know if you ever do this, but you can actually yeah. speed up from one to 1.25 or 1.5. I know some people that listen to podcasts at like two times the speed. So the rate of the podcast is going to like this, the, the whole entire episode is going to this fast. I can't, I can't do that. But for this one, 
I'm going to tell people just keep it at, keep it at normal length because there's a lot of really key takeaways. I'm not saying that you're a slow talker. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, I blab and I can't shut up. That's why you have it. And then people like you know that that's why you, you have a I have a client come and see me and I'll tell them all this stuff and then like we'll talk for an hour and they'll leave and they'll be like, yeah, yeah. I think he said something about squeezing a lemon in my eye. I can't really I can't remember the rest. But I, all yeah. I heard was Kit Kat and Nutter Butters. That's what. Yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> well, um, before I ask the last question, which is a fill in the blank question, um, purposefully designed to keep you um, off balance, um, can, can you tell people where they can find you, where they can connect with you? What where 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 could they where could they take some action? Um, well, kickitnaturally.com is my main site, and uh, you can find us on Facebook at Kick It in the Nuts. Um, and then I have, uh, if you're a health professional, I have other websites. You can find, I have podcasts for health professionals. Uh, you can find all that stuff at sixfigurehealthpro.com. Awesome. Wonderful. Okay, so this is the last question. Um, this can be based on, this doesn't, it can be based on whatever, anything or everything that you know. It doesn't have to be specific to what we've talked about today. Can I answer it before you ask it? Is it seven? Is it seven? It's not. Se- it's not seven. No. <laughs> what is that? What is that? The answer? What is that? The um, is that the answer to everything in the in the um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? I don't remember. Is that, that, that is? Much, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, it, it could be seven. It could be seven. Okay. <laughs> you never know. I hope it's seven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can you can elaborate as much or as little as you like, uh, but please fill in the blank. Everyone would benefit from knowing. Not to go out with that Stacy girl when I was a junior. Oh, man. You would benefit greatly from that. Um, I would say the biggest one is everybody would benefit from knowing just how digestion is supposed to work. Because a lot of the things that we deal with um, either come from digestion not working correctly or the way that our inability to access nutrients changes our behavior. You know, we know a lot of our problems are behavior based, but the reality is that a lot of people have those behaviors for a reason. They learned that that's the only way that they can function as a human being is to eat those things or drink that whatever they're doing. Um, so a lot of those behavior things uh, could be corrected if they just knew what their digestive symptoms were telling them and how to fix them. Hmm. Wonderful. Well, that's excellent. Tony, thank you so much. Uh, this is—I really enjoyed this conversation. I, I like your style. I like—I uh, like your, your your depth of knowledge, and you know, we there's just there's so much more that we can talk about. We should circle back around and do do this again in the future. But Tony, thank you so much uh, for coming today. I, this has been really eye-opening. It's 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 illicit, it's illuminated a lot of topics that that I think need a lot of attention and clarification. So thank you so much for joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. Great to be here. Thanks for having me, Sean. And scene. This episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. I have been, I have found, I've fallen, fallen back in love with serotonin brain food, you know, for these long days, these, these crazy wacky days and these, this <laughs> bizarre time in history that we're in, you know, a little pick me up, a little happy, a little pep. A little feel good is always a good thing and to do it naturally through serotonin brain food as a way to stimulate your brain's own ability to really enhance serotonin production. Go to naturalstacks.com and use the code OPP15 to get 15% off of all of the supplements that I've taken. You know, I've taken GABAs and all these other nootropics. Serotonin brain food is for sure my most favorite for just getting the feel good back. Different than CBD you know, different than, um, you know, over the counter CBD products or, um, you know, some of my favorite, like Jane, uh, serotonin brain food really does make you feel good and, uh, it's natural and it's not having for me. So go ahead and check it out. Go to naturalstacks.com and use the code OPP 15 for 15% off. Okie dokie. See you on the internet.